This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. The next special thing that happened that year. Yeah, 2010 was a special year, man. I started working. And this was in April that I started working. And when I'd been about four months into the job, I really wasn't working out the way I wanted. You're making uh, money. I was making money for once. I'd moved out of home by this point. I was living alone. And then my friend, Kamau Andongo, uh, who I you know, mentioned earlier as one of the people that I acted with on Serafina, gives me a call and says he's doing casting for a film. And the film is by One Fine Day Films. And I'm like, ah, that's what it's did, Soul Boy. And I remember Soul Boy, Soul Boy. I watched it at a film festival and I've just gotten back. And that film had really high production values. It was a pretty re- well written film as well. And we heard about this film that was going to be about crime in Nairobi and it was going to be called Nairobi Half Life. it's not about punishing them, it's about giving them a wake up call. That guy's not annoying. That's why I like him. Feels like I have to live two different people every day. And my, <laughs> and my audition was pretty simple. Uh, Kama was, his base was Kenya National Theatre, so he had his camera and he was like, come and do the audition here. And I was like, what's the audition? He said, just, you have your car? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, roll up, uh, look at me, don't look at camera, look at me and say, hey, Moas, are you a guy of pints? <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. So I rolled up and I was like, hey, Moas. Are you a guy of pints? 
and come on lose the camera and says can you do it again now but don't act stop acting and i'm like hey, sorry man yeah i understand exactly what you're saying it's been a while so i do it again hey mas i got points and after we finish it I ask him dude what's this film about and he says let me tell you this film is special this film is special i've not seen anything like it as in terms of the screenplay i've not seen like the plans these guys have for this film they don't want to play with this film they want this film to be able to go to the oscars dude that's the caliber of film we're making and i was like i hope i get the role long story short i didn't get the role uh-huh. i attended the audition afterwards and now i knew i was going to be playing the role of an actor who befriends moas and sort of develops an attraction towards him and i didn't get the role when i did get that role i was supposed to be cast as one of the thieves but what they wanted us to do was rehearse so that we could bond and get close with each other but i had a full time job so i couldn't do it so i didn't get that role either So the original actor who was supposed to play the role of Cedric on our behalf life dropped out because of scheduling conflicts and I got the call. So the casting director calls me. I remember I'd spoken with him two days before and I said, "Dude, anything at all. Please, even if I'm manning a counter, I just want to be on a set and see how work goes." And Kamal calls me and says, "Hey, Mugash, like yes and he says kuna venye tuliona hawezi kwa kwa film ah ah hawezi kosa kwa kwa film and i'm like ah thanks so kwa hivyo nimepata role and he says eh and i'm like um, he talked about a role of someone manning a shop and i wouldn't have any lines and he i'm like um, so they get that role where i was manning a shop or something and he said ah boss ah ah see your role umepata ile role nyingine and i'm like you role ya waf ah ah see you you ingine and i'm like role ya cedric and he was like see you on set uh this was october september october of 2010 and by this point i'd been at my job long enough to know that i wasn't enjoying it i didn't like it and not being on the film was so disappointing to me that when he called me and said that I got the role that I originally wanted you're like you're out I just hung up and I went into a room that was empty uh, I think they were preparing it as an office for someone but the work wasn't complete and I closed the door behind me and I jumped and I danced and I was just hopping like a rabbit like yes 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 and trying not to get too loud and um kama gave me those words again come pick up your script and i went to the ginger ink office and i picked up my script and the person who was printing it out for me said the same thing yo this movie is special this movie is special dude you should be happy you're on it no pressure but you should be happy on this film so i showed up for the first day of shooting of Nairobi half life and i realized no one had been told that the role had been changed they knew the actor who was supposed to come play it They'd already had a drink up where everyone was supposed to meet each other. And all of them had been told in their notes this is a person playing this role, this is a person playing this role, this is a person playing Cedric. And at the very last minute when he dropped out, my name was put there. And some people didn't read their call sheets, some people didn't realize that this is not the guy playing the role of Cedric. <laughs> so I show up 
and the two reactions to my playing this role were either they're like oh hi and i'm like hello i'm on this set these guys had been working for about a week and a half already so they already had their chemistry going they'd been to kiambu they were now back in nairobi they'd filmed outdoors they'd filmed in disney everyone was excited about this film they're putting together the story seemed really strong the character seemed strong the acting performances were good everything was coming together nicely and then on this day i show up on set and when i told them my name the reactions were either one of two either oh because they were expecting the other actor to play in fact if you look at the movie um there's this one particular scene where my wardrobe if you look carefully looks oversized because the guy who was going to play the role was bigger than me and there wasn't enough time to get the costume for me um and the other role was ah you're the dude who's playing the other reaction yeah the other reaction sorry the other reaction was you're the guy playing the the gay role and they're like mm. <laughs> you're that dude i didn't like it very much um so what would happen was again i was lucky because most of my shoots were night shoots so i'd leave work uh jump into the transportation which is a van go to set film my scenes go home sleep wake up and go to work and we do at this over the course of like 3 days and then asked for 2 days off to shoot the daytime scenes um so by the time i finished shooting my scenes i was tired but i remember being so intimidated on this set because i wasn't being made to feel welcome but after you do that first take and i looked around the room again there were the lights and there were the people and there were the people on radio and here we are doing this thing over and over again and i was like god answers prayer it really does he really listens to what you're saying he really asks what would you have me do i've already put something in you or what do you want me to do and i was like i just want to act i just want to be there in front of that camera and be one of those guys uh i probably shot for about 5 or 6 days the whole your whole whole movie yeah yeah my my role where well, we there the whole film was shot in about 24 25 days i think oh yeah so of those days i had about 6 or 7 days and it was wonderful man i loved being on that set i loved being able to make contributions i loved having opinions and speaking with the director and playing things off back and forth and Tom Tikva who was um the supervising director of the film was on set every single day and I'd already fallen in love with his film Run Lola Run and I knew he'd done a movie called Perfume the Story of a Murderer which was really really good and he done a film called The International which starred Clive Owen and i knew he was a big deal and he was part of the reason why i walked into the audition room and i choked a bit like <laughs> oh my god tom tipper is in the room <sighs> i remember going home on one day of shooting and i took i don't usually journal i used to do it quite a bit but for this one day i decided i was going to journal and i said to myself mugambi you have just come on set 
where you are playing a principal role on a film and you had asked universe for this a long time ago and i'm writing you this note unless like i'm talking to myself and i'm like i'm writing you this note so that you're going to come back one day and read this note and you will need to remind yourself that nothing is impossible just by mere virtue of the fact that you're here shooting this stuff on this film that's going to be special and all of us could see the specialness of the film from the beginning you will realize and life is going to show you over and over again how nothing is impossible act accordingly that's it we wrapped shooting we had an amazing party and the film didn't come out for another 2 years because it stayed so long in post but we shot it unfortunately i'd received training by this point from mark mende about how falling for your own hype is really not a good idea <laughs> and just be the most level-headed person in the room and everyone is telling you that the world is going to end because you were so amazing in that film and what next wow that was 2010 2010 came to an end with now <clears throat> me directing another play uh, which was the next village musical which was a village christmas and that play was far from ready by the time we started rehearsing it and what i ended up doing was i decided that we we're going to workshop this play as we we're rehearsing it and i i was like just give just keep the feedback coming let's just get as much feedback coming. when you say workshop what do you mean by workshop i mean we were going to ask questions about scenes we were going to treat this play like it was still incomplete mm-hmm. and that there were still changes to be made and by workshopping it means it's in the work that you're trying to find ways to improve the script because okay. it was a really good script it was a really good um premise but it still hadn't resolved itself it mm-hmm. still wasn't complete and so we ended up completing the script as we were acting it out and we ended up with a pretty strong this the one with like, the family this was the one where, where the, 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 was the basic storyline was that it's census time jesus is about to be born uh-huh. again and because the edict at the point of the census was at the, at the point of the census was everyone needs to go back home from their origins so this it becomes a family reunion and we had uh, a running joke where um carpenters were con- so- sociologically carpenters were not considered to be of means but i think tostina in the writing discovered that people that were of means or people who were considered to be people in specialist professions like people who weaved textiles uh-huh. or weaved carpets um were considered now this is high because you're making you know wood is for anyone but if you're making carpets that's for the ruling class it's for the elite so you're going to make a lot of money so we talked we made um another fictional story about a family that was coming together for the census and this family had a lot of issues and a lot of them believed that the messiah was going to come from them uh-huh. and one of these people was their youngest brother or the one who decided to go his own path and become a carpenter and his name was joseph and it was sort of like in the same way of the story of david yeah. where 
the stone the, the whole thing about being the stone that the builder refused mm-hmm. so joseph because he came from humble means uh they never expected that he was the one who's going to become the father of the messiah or david that kind of story that kind of story they okay. never thought that joseph would be the one who become the father of the messiah information is too much actually ma'am he's called benjamin have you heard them sing what you can sing all right i do love a good song <clears throat> announce mm, announcing the traveling trio okay have something. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Judah. I usually don't say this. However. I I will make an exception. It was the wrong choice of song. It lacked it lacked it lacked a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> pathetic I I I just I have just one word for you Muko down to Sana two no's and two yeses as for me i think if you guys were really that good you wouldn't be working here so that's a no for me and i speak for my wife well no it was it was sweet of you to give them a chance but um 
Better luck next season. <laughs> Bartholomew, get us some wine. Uh, I, we need some on the table. He tried. <laughs> And we had a terrible opening night. That play didn't not go well. It was too long. The audience started walking out because it was much too long. There were a lot of storylines not working. The sound equipment wasn't working that well. We still hadn't found our story. Oh, but by the time we finished it, that story that was, was a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It just took a while for us to get there. But that for me was where I think the writing origins really started. Uh, by this point, I'd already tried to write a screenplay. Um, when you were sitting on that bench in the middle of the summer, you had a lot of downtime. A lot of downtime to just sit and think. And I had watched a comedy. The bench in, in America. This is in America, sorry. This is in America. The bench where now you'd come and teach people. <laughs> the bench where I was telling stories. Yes, stories. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good luck to anyone who hasn't watched all the previous episodes, you know, <laughs> go back. It's like about 15 episodes before this one. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I'd watched a TV series that I absolutely loved. Here it is. It's called Spaced. And Spaced starred this guy, Simon Pegg. And it was directed by a gentleman called Edgar Wright. Um, and this series is a wonderful, wonderful series. It's so good. Like, I, we liked it so much. Monica is the one who introduced me to it. And she was like, yo, if you want to find a really cleverly written series that has a lot of pop culture references hidden in there, and it's just one of the best things that I've watched in a long, long time, please. But the public library in Philadelphia, they were like, borrow this. So I went to the public library, borrowed it, watched it, and was so inspired. I was like, I want to write a story. I ended up writing a 30-minute film, 20-something minute film called Nairobi. And it was shit. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, but after all this work we had to do to find the heart and soul of the story of The Village Christmas, um, by the next Easter, uh, I wanted to be in the play. I didn't want to direct. And I said, can you please cast me in this thing? So they ended up, uh, Tim, uh, sorry, Tim. Uh, Yafesi was on who was directing it. Tina had written, did co-written again. And I had uh, a role of, um, I was the advisor to Herod Antipas, and I was so tired of Herod Antipas's jokes. And Herod Antipas was the one, of course, who had, um, I can't remember the whole history behind it, but it was really, this was a much more political centric play. And we were realizing more and more as we learned from our mistakes of the last play that we were getting better and better. We were getting more efficient, we were able to get a sense, even if we didn't have the words for it, we had the sense of what conflict ought to be, we had the sense of what beats ought to be, and we knew that you don't go into a scene and then have people talk and then sing the very same words that they've been talking. Or um, this is not a play anymore that has 
action followed by song that has nothing to do with the action. No, we're going into full on musicals. Well, I can't, <coughs> I'm trying to remember who like who are some of the actors in this one. Uh, I'm trying to remember this one. Christian Ogutha. Uh-huh. Uh, a girl called... Uh, Christian was like the main actor. Christian was the main actor. Okay. He was Herod Antipas. Uh, George Kagwe. And George Kagwe had been... Ah, the, the one I directed, the Easter player directed, had George Kagwe and Chero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the stars of that one. George was a lawyer. George was a lawyer. So they were opposing counsel. And uh, George was the defense and Chero was the persecution. Uh, but in this case, uh, uh, yeah, Christian played the role of uh, Herod. <clears throat> Stella Nasambu played the role of his wife, and their daughter was played by uh, Kawira Thambu. <clears throat> yeah, those are the main roles, pretty much. <coughs> it ended up being received very well. And by Christmas, Yafesi and Tina said, you can't just contribute to story anymore. You have to write an actual scene. So I wrote two scenes. They weren't very good, in my opinion. They were not very good scenes. But it was the first time I wrote anything that I saw now being played back to me. This is now Christmas. This is a village Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have now gone from shooting Nairobi Half-Life in 2010 to now direct, being in a play in 2011 and directing a play in 2011 and then now by this point it crossed into 2012 territory yeah this podcast is part of the edify podcast network edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top christian podcasts today Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. What, 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 what was this last Village Christmas? Which, which was what, the one where you wrote two scenes? This was Village Christmas in 2011. I believe. No, 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 no. This was Village Christmas in 2012. What like give me an example? Uh, it was called. Uh, it was a love story. It was a story about. This was just a classic love story. We went back to the origins of a simple story about Mary and Joseph, and we imagined the point of view from Joseph's friends and from Mary's friends. Mm-hmm. And the real star of it was Mary and Joseph. Uh, Mary was played by Shinde. Shinde. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so excited to be working with her. And she also seemed to be excited to be working with us. And she showed up for the audition and she showed up with Debbie Asila and Debbie was there providing support. And we're like, you know, Tina and Yafesi and I were in the audition room like, Joe, did you know we were gonna have actual like real celebrities (laughs) coming? This is weird. Um, And then, um, yeah, we had Njora, we had K1. Um, and we had some funny scenes where the angel Gabriel w- was able to like was was had all these he had he carried an iPad he was wearing a fine suit and <clears throat> he would run miracles like apps on his phone and mm. be like this is the thunder app. And who was angel Gabriel? Uh, a young man called Frank Abongo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that 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 was a success again. 
that was pretty good success. The play came out with, you know, it was staged. It was the one that had the smallest cast because it also had a really tiny budget, but it worked out. And there was something about seeing, I'll tell this to any writer, any aspiring writer. Eh? I've, I've been told this before. You want to be a writer, write. That's it. That's the only advice I can, t- I can give you right now. All the other advice is on the other side of you starting to write. So just start <laughs> writing. And again, like I said, the scenes I wrote in that thing were not very good. My gags weren't as funny as Tina and FACs. I wasn't able to think like them from a writing perspective just yet. But they kept saying, yeah, this is okay. This can pass. It's fine. It works. And I was like, I guess if they say it, then it's correct. And we put on the play. And by the time we were going to be working on our next play, which was going to be the last one, now there I had full writing duty, just like the next person. And you could say that's when my journey as a writer really began. Dude. Okay. And does that now segue into groove theory? Yes. Okay. We'll be back to talk about groove theory. Here's where we hold. <laughs> oh yeah, groove theory is gonna come a bit later on in the story. Oh, actually, so then where, where do we go in from here? Villagista. Villagista again? Yeah, the last, the last village movie. musical. Oh, uh-huh. The last village musical was called Gangsters Paradise. Now, I hated that name. I personally hated that name because I was like, why are we taking already known materials and now ad- adding them onto new material? Like we're taking all this. I- I- uh, all this intellectual property and adding it onto us that will bring more people. But the play itself was special because in this one we had very little time. We had just the time between finishing a village Christmas and now writing really quickly a whole self contained play with original music around the Easter story. But now, whereas it was Yafesi and Tina before, we had a short time, Yafesi and Tina said, now you have no choice. Now you actually have to carry equal load as us. You've done your time. You've directed some. You've written a couple of scenes on this last one. Now we're all carrying this load. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready. 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 Uh, I still have a full-time job and all that, but it's the work. We just had to write. What we ended up with was a story about the rot that Jesus, Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem found. It was a rotten city. It was corrupt. Everyone was dejected. Um, the, 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 the church at that point, or whatever you want to call the, the Jewish establishment was not helping things. Everyone was out to just enrich themselves. The people were suffering put it mildly it it was what Kenya is now (laughs) and we knew that Jesus had shown up as more of a revolutionary political figure and not the kind of benevolent savior that he's drawn us today and we wanted to write a story about how did the two thieves who ended up on either side of him on the cross Mm -hmm. end up there so we ended up telling the story of a gang of two thieves who had opposite points of view one of them was like, circumstances got us here, we steal because we have to. Just don't hurt anyone in the process. But the other thief was like, whatever it takes, we're going to do it. If we have to, you know, beg, kill, anything that comes in the way of actualizing ourselves, 
we will treat Jerusalem the way that Jerusalem treats us. We'll just go and destroy everything in the process. And they seem, their thieving work seems to be doing well until they decide, hold up, Jesus is here. But also, this also happens to be the time when the Jerusalem's population is at its most. It was around Passover, was it? I believe so. Yeah, it was Passover. And everyone would trip to Jerusalem during Passover. And yo, for this play, we went and did our research. We went, we consulted Bible handbooks. We read the story behind the story. Why um, the events that were leading up to the Passover and eventually Jesus' death were historical, historically significant. Why Jesus presented such a danger at the establishment at the time. And we ended up writing a story about how two thieves' desperation to make it in this city had them trying to rob the temple and how that robbing of the temple ended up having them get arrested and there was a bit of double crossing in the process and they ended up on either side of Jesus. And one person decides to harden his heart and Yafesi wrote this beautiful monologue beautiful monologue two monologues one by the thief on one side one thief on the other side and anyone who wasn't really paying attention couldn't tell that that's where the story was going even Mm. if at the beginning we gave it away that one person is in prison we just didn't tell them why it was a really good story i remember at one point one person saying you guys have taken a different course with this this play is a lot more cerebral we have to think a lot more with this one. And I couldn't tell if he was complaining or if he was observing. <laughs> but I felt that was a really high compliment. Now that play, a lot of us were, who were involved in who village musicals, I'll tell you. Okay. A, lot of it, a lot of us considered this play to be pretty special. And here's the reason why. Uh, the people who are playing the thieves, oh man, because we're in the middle of the night now, I'm going to blank out on some names. My brain is not at its best. Uh, but we had uh, Justin Masharia playing one of the thieves. Now, I'm completely blanking out on the name of a second thief, but he was also a part of Ukoflani, Mau Mau. And he wanted to now get his career going. Man, we're going to remember his name. Please just put his name as a title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, really, really sorry that I can't remember your name at this point because um, uh, we've been at this for a while. <laughs> um, and then uh, they were the leaders of the gang. And then the other members of the gang, we had Wahanga Gakere, who mm-hmm. back then was known as Saramando. We had someone who was going to end up working with again called Silas Miami mm. and Silas Miami has now become something of a juggernaut in the South African film scene I mean he's going to places and rounding up the cast of Five Thieves was an actor who Tina had seen audition for a role in the love story and she said, this guy didn't put on a really good performance, but there was something about his presence that really got me. And I think you need to consider him. 
and I looked at his picture and I was like, oh, you know, Tina, you just think he's really cute and he's big and he's dark skinned and there's something else going on here. I know the kind of man you like and I think you just have a little crush going on here. Um, but somehow I think they maintained correspondence and she invited him personally to this next audition. And he came up and once again he didn't put on a very good audition but he was so committed to it we were like yeah i think we'll cast this dude that dude was brian ogola yep so that was our 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 our, our gang and there were the the there were the, the stars we also had a role of um, the prostitute that almost got we sort of amalgamated a bunch of women in the new testament and uh, created a composite character of the lady who was almost stoned and that Jesus rescued. And um, she presented a bit of a love interest to one of the thieves and she decides I'm going with Jesus now. And this thief decides, oh, this Jesus, just like the establishment, has come to steal something from me, so I'll steal something from them. And that sort of formed the heart of the story. We're really proud of it. This play was staged at about the time that Mavuno was now really preparing to move to Hill City. Mm -hmm. And once again, we, I discovered the pain of how a church can do you in. And how the church did us in now was from going to being fully supportive of this village series they started making our work more and more difficult and i remember on the day that we were asking for furniture that used to sit in the office we've done this before to be used as props we were like there's furniture sitting in one of the offices and could we please borrow this furniture to go to take from the office to the stage to the stage or just steps away and we're like, yeah, uh, but uh, our policy for this thing is we're going to have to treat it as a rental and we're going to have to charge you for it. And we're like, what? A rental? What? This is, we're doing this work for you. Are you <laughs> going to charge us for props? It ended up leaving such a bitter taste in all our mouths. And it ended up being so difficult for the church with its move and its shift of priorities to fund the plays um, that the village series of musicals came to an end. Which was really sad, but I would consider the end of the village series being the beginning of my writing career. Yeah. yeah. Hey, dude. <laughs> Yanni, first and foremost, we've been talking for like, is it eight hours? I'm not, I'm not even sure, sure anymore, I man. <laughs> I don't know if anyone is still watching up until this point, man. No, for sure guys are still watching without I a doubt. So, so, so. <laughs> we'll definitely be back to finish this series. We don't know when. We don't know when. We don't know when. But we'll but, come and finish. But we are going to come and finish. For now, we got to put these eyes to sleep, man. <laughs> but how amazing has the journey been? <laughs> I don't think that there's any experience that has been wasted and i'm glad that i get to i've never i've, I've never done this richie we've never talked about the whole process in such detail from mm. 
age five to now, you know, and I realized that everything is connected, everything happens for a reason. I don't ever know this stuff when this stuff is actually happening. I don't have that sort of outside in perspective. It's a power, Usually it's I'm a power like, of reflection. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's a power of, yeah, it's, it's retrospect, you know, hindsight, 2020. I can do that now and I can talk about how when I lost that money and I almost died crying in the middle of a street in Philadelphia because work was so hard and life was so hard or anything really. Everything was leading to something, something. and now here we are. Dude, and, and, and the reason why I honestly say we're going to actually come and finish it, whenever that may be, <laughs> is because we have to. Because it is the beginning of your writing career. Yeah, yeah. Like from this time, you've touched from dance to like... Yeah, yeah, we've touched a lot of Narrating things. stories. <laughs> like who, who knew that to, to being an extra... Now I know it's called a, bugs, a background, background actor. Background actor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to fame. Yeah. And going viral. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so crazy. We haven't even touched. There's so much we're yet to still touch on. Safaricom, your job, yeah. on your MC. We haven't touched on BYSS. Yeah. We haven't even touched about Nairobi Half-Life coming out. We have, exactly. Nairobi Half-Life hasn't come out yet. And being branded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Bugash, thank you so much for... Is it the eight hours that you've given us for now? Thanks, when we come man. back, we come back. Let I know guys will demand. If you, th if you think we need to come back, write in the comments. For those who are still wondering, where does the yeah. story go from here? Yeah. But for oh. now, adios, mama. Uh, you can even hear my voice. Sounds so nice. Uh, <laughs> later. See ya. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs>